This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club You start. I'm in a bad mood. Jack is in a bad mood, <laughs> Baby Nation. I don't know if you heard last week's episode of yeah. this show or maybe four weeks ago's episode of the Patreon show, Babysitter's Club Little Sister, big podcast yeah. for little babies. Um, <laughs> it's not for babies. It's for elite babies. But Jack fucked up. We use these complex... We're We're like... We're very professional assholes who like insist on like, oh, we've got all this disposable joint income from the podcast. And by all this, I mean like a very small amount. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And we're like, we definitely need to buy mixers because we're fucking professionals. Yeah. And we don't know how to use them. We barely use them. I think I don't think we get any value out of them, but we both bought them and use them and they're covered in fiddly buttons and knobs. And yeah. Jack, being the dunderhead he is, yeah, fiddled with a button and knob, yeah, and screwed up our records. Yeah. And luckily, they were salvageable because we record backup audio on Zoom, which Jack oh, is currently do not now. doing. Yeah, I'm gonna do it now. Now you're being recorded, so don't and say anything untoward. He fucked up, and he screwed up the audio on those episodes, which I'm sure you heard, and I'm sure we yeah. got tweets about. And I do all the editing, so it means that I'm going to be in the fucking Jack does all the editing workshop. Don't don't cry for him. Don't weep for him, Argentina, because I take a bigger cut. Also takes all the money. Nobody needs to know this. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody needs to know this. That's not what we're here for, is it? Every now and then I'll just get a text from Jack. That's like he gives me my my (laughs) pittance. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) your dirty money. Yeah. Go buy yourself something nice, toots. Is Go what buy he yourself <laughs> one of your fripperies. <laughs> um, what? It's what? So you're pissed. What? You're in a bad mood, huh? Yeah, because I just discovered this, and it means I'm going to be in Santa's little workshop, slaving away to, for to make podcasts for everyone for many, many, many more hours than I expected tonight and tomorrow. I'm in a fine mood. Yeah. Um, Miles is doing well at daycare, Montessori school. Mm-hmm. They sent us some pictures today, and he was doing some replica play. Yeah. Uh, which is playing with trucks. Okay. I think they call toy trucks replicas in replicants. Montessori. Okay. That's weird. And he does play with them. Miles is, as we've discussed, top heard mm-hmm. Got a big head. Big, big old head, noggin. Little body. Yeah. Falls over a lot, and they send us an email every time he falls over, and they're like, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Miles fell over today, and he hit the back of his head on a bookshelf. He's fine. Yeah. And it's like, you don't have to email. We He does that at home, too, all the time. They, they send us home with, because uh, they have to like write up an incident report. Yeah. So they'll often like just solemnly hand me one, and it's like your dumb kid like fucking like climbed up on the table and then like fell off of it, and like you could tell because he's just like I'm like I don't look. Yeah, I know he does that here too. I just end him there, so you worry about that shit when it happens. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, leave me out of this. He's your kid now. Here's a dad question for you. So, um, 
they that I've been informed that um that show and tell is on Fridays. Okay. And do you Cyril, need to prep something? Well, I like I was like, oh, let's what's that like something cool that I can give him so that he'll seem cool or more importantly, seem like he has a cool truck, dad. Truck toys. Oh, what about that um print that we got from Corey Archangel in like twenty thirteen? Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, that's probably worth a lot. He Corey, bring Arch- that in. Corey Archangel is a very well-respected digital artist who yeah, uh, once had a, an entire all, floor at the Whitney. He made us all digital. That's a great he made idea. Us all limited run prints for our holiday gifts at Major Media Company one year. Okay, well that's all that you answered. You headed me off at the pass there because I'll just give him my priceless Corey Archangel digital print uh, to bring. But the so the problem is that he Cyril loves show and tell, and he, literally every day he says, "Is it Friday today?" Because he because <laughs> he, he wants it to be it show yet. and tell, but yeah. the only thing he wants to bring for show and tell is his his shark Bruce. Okay, he has a stuffed shark called Bruce. But here's the question: Am I gonna look bad if Cyril brings the same stuffed shark toy for show and tell every week? Every single week is that gonna redound on me? Uh can you get him more shark toys? No, well, he has more too, shark right? toys. He's got he's got a hammerhead one, but it's right. just always Bruce. Because I think t- for me, I would be embarrassed if we had show and tell at the office, right? You know, and I brought the same fucking toy in every every Friday. I think you should be embarrassed for bringing a toy at all because you're in your forties. No. Okay, what if it's like a, also, a, you don't have an a gadget? What if I brought you're in like my iPad every independent week? contractor? Imagine that we're in an office. And also, like, no come one's with working me. in office. I have an office job, and I work from home. Come with me 10% of the it's way. It's like there's so many <laughs> hurdles for me to jump over. <laughs> remember when we used to work in an office together? No, barely. Imagine we're back in time to this. I barely remember when you and I used to work together, and I okay. definitely don't remember what it was Just like working in an office. Just use your imagination. We're going into an office together. It's show and tell. I bring in- My home office? There's no, not enough room. It. Jimmy and I forget already it. share the space. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Hi, hi. Hi. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 Uh, I'm Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. And this is a podcast where we talk about the classic novels of The Princess. You give Greenring a lot of space. Okay. I feel like people won't know my name if you don't give it a little space. Say it. Just say it. Tanner Daniel Greenring. Oh, wait. Jamie doesn't want she Jimmy specifically, you, specifically, she specifically that texted you. Don't be a bat. Yeah. In our Patreon show, patreon.com slash BSCC podcast, Tanner got in trouble because he pretended I to be a bat and woke bat. the child. And now you're shouting. Um, listen. Yes. It's a podcast wherein we talk about the classic novels by The Hand That Shakes. She is the princess of the Prince of Town, St. Annabelle, Matthews, Martin, Stormborn, Soul Skinner, Mother of Clocks and Bane to Bats, the first of her name, the last of her kind, and of course, the last hope for humankind. This week, we are going to be talking about a classic radio novel by Anne M. Martin herself and Ellen Miles called Babysitter's Club Friends Forever, number nine, Christy and the Kidnapper. Christy and the Kidnapper. I feel like a lot of kids get napped this week. Wow, what a what a exciting one, one, one kid almost gets napped. Okay, well, a lot more kids got napped than normal this week. Well, yeah, I guess. Have we ever dealt with a kidnapper before? I don't think so. The um, Scott Sue, someone Scott Sue fell down a hole. I don't think it was Scott Sue. His little brother. One of the kids fell down a, a well. 
He fell down a hole, and I guess there was some concern that that was a kidnapper. Yeah, but it wasn't that we know of. He fell in a hole, yeah. Unless it was, um, what's the guy who's a rat in the Ninja Turtles? A rat king. Could have been. Splinter? No, the rat king. You remember the rat king? Splinter? No, not Splinter. I said not Splinter. There's okay, a guy called the rat king. Who I don't know the, the rat king. I don't know the rat king, Jack. I don't okay. know it. Forget it. Look, I'm in a salty mood today. Yeah, and you're making me, you're putting me in a salty mood. <laughs> Listen, let me finish. With your bad attitude and your let rat king finish. talk. I'm in a salty mood today, so you have to meet me with kindness. Because we can't both be salty, okay? Mm, okay. Okay? So this is where you carried me. I'm going to meet you with kindness. Okay. Right? Mm. Good. Okay. The Rat King is a character in Ninja Turtles. You can't keep... But if you want me to meet you with (laughs) kindness, you can't keep talking about the fucking Rat King because it's a point of tension in our relationship. (laughs) Okay, fine. What are we talking about? This book, their kids are getting napped every left and right. It's wild. It's fucking wild. Kids are getting <laughs> it's napped. It's insane. Yeah. Um, Ellen Miles, here's here's what Ellen Miles does. And I love this about Ellen Miles. Is and she did this last time she wrote a Friends Forever. And and the Leviathan and the scholastic lawyers come to her on her ship as it rises out of the ocean. They meet mm-hmm. her at the shore, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she walks out to the prow with her like hair trailing in the wind and her like robes flowing and her eyes glowing because she's seen something that none of us could understand beyond the horizon. And she walks and with a booming voice that they can hear almost as if she's whispering in their ears even though she's like miles away, anchored. Okay, she you says just what? Said, you just said she came to shore. Fucking What's a short amount away that's lo- a, an amount of t- of space away? She's an amount of space away from them. Okay? I'm just saying, b- fucking build me a world, man. God, you got me in such a... You're, you're supposed to meet me with kindness. I know, but you're, you're, <laughs> you're pushing all my buttons tonight. Okay, fine. She's, uh, she's, build me uh, a strong narrative world. 30 feet Jack. away. She's 30 feet away because she's okay. anchored because she doesn't want the, the ship to run up, run aground. Neil Stevenson? Yeah. You're familiar with the author, Neil Stevenson? Yes. He is sometimes criticized for being overly technical. Okay. But that's what I need from you tonight. Okay. All right. Because what precision. the things you're describing are scientifically and technically complex. Yeah. And I need you to, to get into the fine details like Neil Stevenson. Okay. The ship is called the Dawn Treader. Okay. What kind of don't say Dong Treader. Do not say Dong Treader. I'm not. I'm absolutely not in the mood for that. I wasn't going to, but now I okay. now <laughs> I want to. Ship is called the Dawn Treader. Ellen Miles is Dawn standing Treader. on the prow. Okay. She what kind of ship anchored, is it? It's a trireme. T r i r e m e. Does that check exactly out, I, sir? This is exactly what out? I do when I'm I'm reading Neil Stevenson too. I'm okay. constantly googling. Okay, a trireme is is a tiny little rowboat that they no, it's used not. in ancient Greece. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's not a fucking galleon. Do you want me to Google trireme ship? You look like you look like I I've done that, and you look like a fool because it's a single sail rowboat. No, it's huge. What a fool! What did you even Google? It's huge. Trireme ship. Just... Trireme ship is what I googled. You did a bad job. I'm Look up Galleon. No, it's a God, trireme. you're pushing every one of my buttons tonight. It's a Galleon. <laughs> Look, let's agree to differ. I think it's a trireme. That it's not sucks. a tiny rowboat. Look at this. 
That sucks. Look up Galleon. Yeah, it's a. It's got three banks of oars. You look like such a fool right now. Oars. Who's even who's even rowing these days? It's fucking. It's a warship. Twenty twenty. Okay, fine. It's a galleon. I don't give a shit. Spanish it's a galleon. galleon. Say Spanish galleon. It's a Spanish galleon. It's called the Dawn Treader. Mm, Dawn Treader. Okay. She is. She's anchored thirty feet from shore because she doesn't want to run aground. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's manned by a, a skeleton crew, and I don't mean a small crew of skeletons. Than normal crew. I mean a crew of skeletons of bone bone people. Uh, what did they say in the movie? Do you do you believe in ghosts, Sonny? I don't know what movie. That do you is. Uh, do you believe in ghost stories, Sonny? Ghostbusters. Because you're in one. Okay, what's that? From Ghostbusters. The Caribbean. I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> There's like eight of them. You've never seen any of them. <laughs> I maybe did, but I didn't take it in. She and her eyes are glowing blue. And do you remember why? Because she. Sail to the edge of the world, to the yes. precipice of reality. She gazed at the void beyond understanding and recognition. Yes, and something and gazed back. Deep and inside the bl- inky blackness, yeah. something gazed back at her and penetrated and it recognized her soul. Her. Yes. Yeah. Good. And she brought that knowledge back and she used that knowledge, even yeah. though it was infernal and dark and negative, yeah. She used that energy and she used that knowledge to create Babysitter's Club books. And Jack, you were filled with dark energy yeah, tonight. I am. You, were, okay. you, you refused to use it, catalyze it into podcast energy. <laughs> okay. Well, we've got where, where I need it to be, which is where we were about five minutes ago, which is that Anne hears her voice, even though she's 30 feet away, as if it is whispering in her ear. And so do the scholastic lawyers and They're the, all the there. Leviathan. They're all on the there beach? on the beach, and it's a choppy. It's a choppy evening, and the, there's a storm brewing. Okay, I think the Leviathan would be more comfortable in the water. The Leviathan is in the water. Okay, and Ellen says, "What do you want from me?" What do you want? From me? And it's scary. And Anne says, "Can you do a Friends Forever?" And then she says. You know, here's the way the Friends Forever tend to work. Uh, it's based around this concept that Stacy and Claudia are fighting over boys and the club is kind of falling apart and it, the girls are growing up and the Babysitter's Club is no more. It's sort of the the death throes of the Babysitter's Club, yeah. And I imagine what Ellen says in response is, I've already written, it's always already been written. Yeah, it has it's, been written. It's already been written. It's always been written. It will always be written. Yeah. Since I, the dawn of time, I have known this book, and this book has been known. Yeah. And then she goes to Mars and builds, like, a castle. Yeah. And then she says, and it's a mystery. <laughs> and it's a mystery. Yes, yes, yes. Anne's and like, no, 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 friends, friends forever. forever. And she's like, no, no, no. And she doesn't even say anything. She just turns around and whips her cloak around her and walks slowly below decks. And then the ship, even though there are no sails up, sails majestically towards the horizon. Yeah. And then when it kind of reaches the horizon, you can't tell if it's a trick of the eye or what, but it seems to to kind of take off into the heavens. Yes. You know? Yes. That's good. That's interesting. Okay. And even though it is a kind of a, a, a warm night, 
the, uh, a shiver at the same time runs down the spine of everyone present, all the scholastic liars and Anne herself. Yeah, not the Leviathan. He doesn't have a spine. Leviathan doesn't give a shit. He's happy. He's 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 like a pig in shit swimming in yeah. the ocean. <laughs> yeah, he feeds off of this kind of tension. He loves this stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's a mystery. And Ellen mutiny, didn't she? It's a mutiny. It's a mutinous mystery. And it's a mutinous Ellen mystery. brings in she brings in people from the mystery universe. She brings Terry Hoyt back from the the parallel universe of the mystery books. Yeah. Hot and horny. Scary. Um, we should describe the book. David Hot and Horny. <laughs> is his real name. Oh yeah. It's Hawthorne, isn't it? And I'd forgotten. Ha- but if, if you, you really dissect Hawthorne as a name. Yeah, you can it, kind of di- you can pull out of it two hot words hot and horny and horny. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something we discussed during the Stacy and the Money Mystery episode. Yeah. During the the mystery run. We discussed it then and I remember it because there were a number of people who wrote to us to say that that was either their name or they lived on Hawthorne Street and we had yeah. ruined their lives. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how I feel every time yeah. I see the name. <laughs> um, let's describe the book. Let's say what happened. Um, okay. I'll describe it then. You describe it. I've got a big bad clock. I'm going to put 60 seconds on it. But Well, first... it seems like it would be this week. Oh, it's a mysterious Given clock. Given the, the sort Scary. of circumstances we're living in. Yeah. Probably a mystery, mysterious clock, right? Yeah. 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 Very scary. Can you describe gonna... it to me? Well, I wouldn't. Honestly, I shouldn't. I, I, first of all. I'm already reeling from the criticism that I'm too vague. Yeah. Who said um, that? You did. When? In my descriptions earlier when I was talking about the trireme. Yes. I didn't I don't think my criticism of the trireme was that it was too vague. I think my it's, criticism it's of the trireme small. was that it was the wrong kind of boat. It's a exa- I looked it up and I'm looking at a picture of it right now and it looks exactly like I imagine. It's a rowboat. It's a big It's not rowboat. a rowboat. It has fucking sails on it. It got Three decks of row, rowing yep. rote holes. Look, look at this picture. Look at this picture. God, you're so, you're, you're being, you know what? You're being belligerent right now. <laughs> you're being I'm going to describe the book. <sighs> they have beers? oars. How many beers have you had tonight? None, none. I haven't had time because I've been being belligerent. fixing the audio problems that I caused. Wow. And you're, you're going to blame that on you now <laughs> too, huh? Listen, let me describe this novel. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. The servers are humming inside the secret room deep below the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., where a team of elite hackers are working around the clock to undermine the president, dismantle the government, and unravel democracy as we know it. And the crowd is buzzing inside the glamorous Omni Shoreham Hotel, where teams of middle school debaters from around the country have come to compete for a prestigious national championship. When 8th graders Christy Thomas and Abby Stevenson arrive in D.C., they have nothing on their minds beyond winning another trophy. But after a chance run-in with the ruthless hacker Lance Dibden, they realize that it's not their dream of debating glory that hangs in the balance. But the fate of the very world. Babysitter's Club, Friends Forever, number nine, Christy, and the Kidnapper. Wow. Pretty vague. Vague, yeah, thank you. But 
I didn't even have to put too much spin on the ball. I did. I imagined a little bit that Ellen d- kind of implies about the team of hackers, but that's what happens. Yeah, there's a dangerous hacksaw. Hacksaw called Lance um, Dibden. Lance Dibden is his his real name. His hacker name is Crash Override. Hell yeah! And he is part of an elite group of hacksers. They're beige boxing into. Ooh. FBI phone networks. They're Whitehouse.gov. Yeah, they're freaking Whitehouse.gov <laughs> with a PH. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're using that stuff to seduce a young Anjali Jolie. Angelina. Angelina Jolie, whose name is... Acid Burn. Acid Burn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, don't worry. I got you, buddy. <laughs> I got you with the hackers stuff. <laughs> I haven't seen it in some years. That's about as far as my hacker's knowledge extends. Um, it's very good, good. It's very resonant with this novel. Um, I'd love for you to describe this book. I'm, I have reached inside a pocket of time, um, and uh, time itself and space have uh, become unraveled and uh, ceased to hold any meaning. Um, uh, I can hear the voices of everyone who has existed in the past and future in one unholy scream and yeah. uh the winding of a great grandfather clock so it, it looks is, like a grandfather clock um g- grandfather is a loose term to describe the kind of clock that it is it's okay. vastly more ancient than that you know like biblic bib, bible accurate angels yeah they're just yeah. like sort of a a mass of wings and eyes yes is it like that? It's a lot like that. Okay. Yes. Very, very frightening, but it is going to serve as the timer for you uh, to describe this novel. It is beginning now. Okay. Christy and Abby have taken up debate. It turns out they're very good at it. They're going to Washington, D.C. to join a competition for debate. They're in the kind of beginner group, but they get invited to these regional championships anyway. While they're there, they, uh, uh, they're accompanied by someone called Melissa, who we've never heard of before, but she's a Stony Brook native. While they're there, they run into a boy called Daniel Hawthorne, who you may remember as Terry Hoyt, the secret, son of a Secret Service agent. Uh, it turns out that his dad is now working at the White House, protecting the president, and they've settled into a groove, and they no longer need to have secret identities, so he's just called David Hawthorne. He almost gets kidnapped by a man, but Christy saves his life, and then they both have Secret Service agents assigned to them. Um, David tries to escape his Secret Service agent, just like in that episode of The West Wing, where Jed Bartlett's daughter, played by, um, gosh, what's her name? I don't remember her name, but she escapes and then gets kidnapped by some rednecks. Uh, he And time. Oh, fuck. I got so hung up on the the West yeah. Wing stuff. I also forgot to time you. Well, I don't know if it's forgetting or if it's just like time has no meaning when you pull. No, it that's what happened. That's what yeah. happened. The clock kind of took me over, so I I just I just said time when like I felt it in my soul. Right. Um. Good stuff. What what a great Elizabeth novel. Moth. Elizabeth Moth. That's not right. Elizabeth Moth. No, that is right. And there's a lot of moth lore in these books, so it, it checks out. It's Elizabeth uh, Moth, and she <laughs> sort of she decides that she doesn't want to be shadowed yes, all the time the, by the West Wing. Yes. Okay. And then the guy um, from um, NCIS 
is a Secret Service agent and he's in love with CJ Craig and he gets yes, shot. Everybody has seen the West yes, Wing. Okay, 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 okay. Um, Lance Dibden. Lance Dibden. It sounds yeah. like the kind of name you make up when you're rushed to sort of make up a name on the fly. Well, I got a theory about it. You want to hear it? Yep. Tanner, Lance Dibden is obviously a reference to the spear of Longinus. What did you just say? The spear of Longinus. Longinus? <laughs> Longinus. L-O-N-G-I-N-U-S. Okay. Sounds like long vaginas. Well, it, that's it's not it's not that from that. Okay, it's a very very sounds like a portmanteau of long vaginas. Okay, well, it's not. It's a okay. it's a um, Longinus was the Roman soldier who pierced Jesus's side with a, a lance, ah, uh, or spear. a spear, and the you spear, know the different things, right? Well, sometimes it's referred to as a lance. Okay. In, Tanner, the myth of the Sun Grail. Okay. Sun Grail. The Holy that... Grail. Ah, uh, yes. And Ellen finally brought it in. The Grail stuff. It's huge. This opens up a whole world for us to talk about. Finally. Think about it. Think about it. Because it always comes up. When they're looking for the Holy Grail, one of the other artifacts they're looking for is the Spear of Longinus. It's tied up with this quest for the Grail. And Lance dipped in, Tanner, a Lance dipped in Jesus' blood. Jesus' blood, which was in his chest. It's in his side. Well, yeah. Torso. Yeah. Torso. Huge! This is huge! Ellen has opened the floodgates. What does it mean for the narrative of this b- radio novel, though? Well, it's uh, Grail Quest stuff, so I think just kind of spitballing here. So we know that Lance Dibden tries to kidnap Christy David Hot and, and Horny. David Hot and Horny because he was part of a team of elite hackers who had fallen afoul Crash of override. David Hot and Horny's uh, dad, who is a Secret Service agent. Um, this is actually the plot of the novel. Um, box. I think probably the team of elite hacksaws may or may not be uh, part of the, you know, Knights Templar who are still searching for the Holy Grail. I mean, okay, so someone someone ring up David Brown because we've got Knights Templar hacksaws. Is that Dan Brown's brother? And he would be like, he would he probably knows how to contact Dan Brown. I just <laughs> want to kind of make the connection for people. I know, I know, <laughs> one of you has David Brown's number, and if you could <laughs> ring him up so that he can call his brother could, Dan Brown. Yes, yeah. To talk about to get him so connect him with Alan to kind yeah. of talk about some of this Knight, Knights Templar stuff. That's what I think. I mean, that's my guess. I I just think that Ellen is being she is. Open the floodgates. She's brought in a character from the mystery universe, it which sounds is like immensely what, dangerous. And now she's brought in the myth of the Holy Grail. Ellen saw the end, right? Yeah. She saw the horizon. Yeah. And I don't mean the horizon where she looked out into the ink and blackness. I, just, I mean the horizon of these books. Yeah. She saw the, the horizon quickly rushing to, to meet her, and she thought, mm-hmm. maybe I can stave this off a little longer. Maybe I can extend this series a little longer by introducing some pretty complex narratives around Grail the Quest. Spear of Longinus. Sp- spear of Long Vaginas. Um, Knights Templar, yeah, all that, kind and of now stuff they're hacksaws. It's fucking and great. And there's hacksaws, yeah. That, Fish boxing, freaking 
Wayhouse.com is the best. Wayhouse.com. It's Knights Templar, but now they're hacksaws. It's literally the perfect. Is Wayhouse.com still a porn site? Should we go check? No, I'd rather not. Wayhouse.com. That's where that's where you land it. <laughs> no. Okay. It's a news and polling site. Okay. Should we take I some don't... of these polls? No. Do you think the U.S. government has done enough to get needed medical supplies out? No, this sucks. No. <laughs> You're going to get on a list. That's seditious. Okay. You remember when it used to be a porn site? <laughs> okay. I, I, let me ask you a question. The, the line of discussion we were on was no. that the Knights Templar has existed since the Middle Ages and mm. it is now, now alive hacksaws. and well, and they're hacksaws working underneath the Capitol building to bring down the Babysitter's Club. And uh-huh. what you pulled out of that is, is WhiteHouse.com still a porn site? Well, you got me all charged up with your long <laughs> vaginas talk. <laughs> okay, that's what it is. So I had to go check. Okay. Um, but it's such an exciting book. But we, we haven't even, we're going to have to take a break. But w- w- there's also a debate. They're all expert debaters now, and there's a whole big debate. They've all decided that they're big expert debaters. <laughs> they do a debate that you and I did for a major media company once called "Is it what is better, cats or dogs?" Cats or dogs? Yeah. Here's my official stance. So do not at me. Okay. About this, me. Do not me at me listeners. to ask anyone. Anyone. Okay. Not yeah. you. Not the listeners. Anyone. Do not ask me about it, and do not okay. challenge me on it. Here's yeah. my official stance on cats versus dogs. Okay. Both good. I like okay. both. Yeah. I've had both. Mm-hmm. I've celebrated both. Yeah. One of the, the creatures I've I've most cherished in this world was a cat. Mm-hmm. I have a dog now. He's great. I think both are good. And I hate to be enlightened centrist about this. Yeah. But I'm going to be an enlightened centrist about this. And I will say, and we'll end the debate here, that you are, sir, half right. And the debate that Christy and Abby have, and so they, they're on a team, they're on, put on separate teams, which is the cause of the struggle. And they are forced to debate this question, are cats better than dogs? Yeah. And it tears them apart. It's not the question. Cats are better than dogs. The question it, is this, resolved. Resolved. Cats are better pets than dogs. Something like that. That's how you do debate. Resolved. Continued Arthur Greenleaf, who's the guy who runs. Arthur, Arthur, Arthur. Our P- Pendragon. Yep. Once you start seeing you it. You know what Greenleaf is? Uh, the Gawain and the Green Knight. Do you know how to say Greenleaf in Cinderella? In Elven? Yeah. No. Legolas. Okay. Okay, wow. So Ellen's really just pulling out all of the stops, isn't she? <laughs> Whew. Anyway, Legolas says, resolved. Mm-hmm. That cats make better pets than dogs, and isn't that interesting? So what? So what? Peter Jackson has decided is that Legolas, mm-hmm. who he introduces in the films as Legolas Greenleaf, yeah, Legolas's name is Legolas. Or his name is Greenleaf Greenleaf. Uh, okay, I'm following you. I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a tortuous train of thought, but I think I'm with you. <laughs> We're just kind of we're just shitting on Peter Jackson right now. You're which I'm right happy here to do. with me. Yeah, yeah. You're right here with me. I didn't love the movies. The the Lord of the Ring films are mm-hmm. very good, mm-hmm. and you're you're being wrong and pigheaded and belligerent about that. Um, okay, resolve. Hobbit they're films, not, <laughs> not good. Yeah, 
I've been on a tear recently where I've been watching them um, while under the influence of okay. a controlled narcotic. Okay, great. You said you sound you sounded like you were gonna be coy and delicate and then you just like went straight for it. <laughs> Recently, and I watched all yeah. the Lord of the Rings films and they are s- still so good, hold up yeah. so well, okay. very engaging, very rich. Mm-hmm. Then I started watching the Hobbit movies and I had to turn the first one off it's uh, halfway through. It was like <laughs> unwatchably bad. It's a and travesty. I remember kind of liking them. And then there was a whole scene where the dwarves are like farting and like cleaning plates and yeah. singing some dumb song about farting and i was like i i, it's I can't awful. watch this yeah and they proved that in retrospect the lord of the rings films were always bad which is something that i knew at the time and i was the only person who knew it um what we should do is take a quick break i think okay um and uh, when we come back we'll talk more about this novel okay okay Um, um, let's talk about it, huh? Let's talk about it. The elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. <laughs> Time to talk about it. Um, do you want what me to talk about? about something? Well, I can tell you something that I thought was funny and cool. Something that was cool. Do you want to hear something that I thought was cool? Mm, yeah. This is something also that, that Ellen did that I thought was fucking dope and it's so clever. It's so smart. Uh, here's a passage from the novel. Uh, so at the end of the novel, um, after they've apprehended Lance Dibden, um, mm-hmm. in a, uh, terrifying showdown where he like runs across the debate room floor and tries to kidnap the, the child again, yeah. uh, ki- kidnap hot and horny again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's wrestled to the ground by Mr. Hot and horny. Yeah. Um, Mr. Hot and horny takes Christy and, uh, David to and Abby to the White House for a special visit. Yeah. Um, and the following thing happens. As I was wondering what would happen next, I heard Mr. Hot and Horny call a greeting to someone. I looked up to see a man in uniform ride by on a bike, waving as he passed us. Whoa, cool, said Abby. Isn't it? asked Mr. Hot and Horny. That's Agent Brancusi. He's one of our newest bike patrol agents. Brancusi. They patrol the White House compound. If they see anyone suspicious, they can chase him or her down easily. And this is uh, very clearly Ellen Miles setting up for the next BSC spinoff, White House Bike Patrol. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Right? Obviously. Doesn't that sound fucking dope? White House Bike Patrol? And, and you think in Abby second. and Christy are going to join the White House Bike Patrol? They'll be like they'll be characters in it, but it'll be about the White House Bike Patrol. But it's like she's set it up, you know? Right? She's okay, she's yeah, planted yeah, the yeah. seed. Like, sure, Abby and Christy will probably make cameos. Yeah, I doesn't that sound that. good? I would love yeah. that. Is that all? Do you want to flesh out? Do you want to come up with the pitch for White House Bike Patrol, or do you want? I I mean, I think it pitches itself. It? Okay. Or is this an Ellen thing? Do we even not want to touch it because it's like maybe outside of our abilities? I mean, I don't think that I, I would I would say that we've got Ellen on board. As, if I'm pitching it, I would say I've got Ellen Miles on board. As, Here's something as I didn't screenplay. understand about the passage. Yeah. Okay. They're in the White House? Yeah. And this guy's on a bike? Yeah. It's in, uh, it's the White House compound. So he's inside the White House. <laughs> he's biking around the White House. That's why in, it's like, so the hallways? Great. I assume so. Yeah. Have you ever seen the show West Wing? Yeah, I, everyone's seen it. I get the impression from West Wing yeah. 
that the hallways around they're pretty small. They're pretty small. Everyone they're does. Walk, there's a lot of walk and talks. There, well, now there's going to be a lot of bike and talks. Think about try, try to come with me on this. He's biking mm. around the bi- White House hallways, and there are often criminals on it's the loose. The bike house. It's the bike house. You almost called it the bike house. Let's just call it the bike house. Let's, okay, fine. Bike house. We're already biking around it. <laughs> you know? I don't think it has the same ring as White House Bike Patrol. No, no, no. It's... And then when they catch a criminal, they say, White House Bike Patrol. You're under arrest. We're not calling it the White House anymore. We're calling it the Bike House. It's the Bike House Bike Patrol. Bike House Bike Patrol. Doesn't that sound good? I don't like it as much, frankly. Okay. Well, bike this House is a bike creative patrol. process. Yeah. That you're being invited into uh, Baby Nation. So yeah. we've got Ellen Miles on board as screenwriter, pretty much, set in the White House. So there's politics and there's intrigue and there's biking. It's a lot like uh, Premium Rush. Okay. Yeah. So this book is a lot like a number of films. Yeah. Hackers? Yeah. <laughs> Premium Wing. Rush and it's like the TV show West Wing. Yeah. Anything else? Any other media properties? Um, I don't know. He's a secret service agent, and it's 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 hinted that he is a secret that Mister Hot and Horny is a secret service agent who guards the president himself. And the president in the BSC universe is different from ours, and we know this because of the following passage: Mister Hot and Horny took off. David turned to us with a grin. Okay, he said, "Time for one of my favorite activities." What's that? I asked. Find Sparky. You mean the president's cat? Abby said, staring at him. Everyone's seen that cat on TV. When is so, this book published? Is this GW? Well, but I'm saying it's not, right? Because it's there's no president who's had a cat called Sparky. Therefore, it, Ellen is revealing to us that the president in the Babysitter's Club universe is not the same as the president in our universe. Yeah, or she's sort of getting her wires crossed because she does sort of exist out of time and space. So it's like it could be a future or or distant past president. Right, okay. That she's sort of talking about. Or maybe she knows um, something about George W. Bush that we don't. Speaking yeah. of David Hot and Horny. Okay, yeah. Um, I wanted to say this about him. Okay, that's great. It's a great if sentence I construction, if I may. Yeah. <laughs> They walk in beauty, <laughs> night and noon. These handsome men who do their worst, singing their beguiling tune. I find myself immersed in thirst. Or as the youth say, hashtag swoon. With hashtag vapors, I've been cursed. Oh, it's good to hear that mellifluous sound again what a beautiful poem and it's our hit mysterious segment from the mysteries called hashtag swoon you look exactly like this boy i used to know a little i told him he did too terry had the same brown hair and same hazel eyes in fact i remember stacy who had known terry best i think she had a little crush on him going on and on about how special his eyes were all filled with gold flecks. Yeah, weird. Terry had been pretty cute. So was David. I yeah. saw a few girls in the crowd checking him out. So the confusion is because David initially says to uh, re- refuses to reveal that he is the same kid that they knew in. I guess it's like Stacy and the Counterfeiters. 
It's something like that. It was that. Stacey in the, the Money Mystery. The Money Mystery. Yeah. Um, and because he's like, I guess he has to be undercover if his dad is undercover. He's like, no, I'm a different guy. And Christy's like, we literally like solved a mystery with you. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, nope, that ain't me. You're but he's beautiful. Else. And he's got gold in his but eyes. But his gold-flecked eyes are unmistakable. Yeah. Once you see them, you're entranced forever. Yeah. It's like looking into a Gorgon's gaze. Yes. A Medusa. Mm-hmm. And being enraptured and, and turned into stone. Gorgeous. That is the boy who made me hot and horny this week. And it's hot and it's And fitting. the name fits. Yeah, it fits the bill. That's why they yeah. call him that. David Hot and Horny. Yeah, that's why he's got to keep changing his name. It's why he has to keep changing his name. Whenever he goes from town to town. Too many. Because he's already so hot and horny that if he also were clearly named that, it would be too much for everyone. It would just overload the circuits. Yeah. Um, Um, Very handsome boy this week. And Christy doesn't seem interested. No one seems interested. No one's interested. That's not what this book is about. It's about debate first, kidnapping second. Both things happen at the same time. Yes. You are a young man in the prime of his life. Yes. Did you have you ever done debate? No. Here's what I did in school in in um, at when I was Christie's age. I I went out for two big things. One was the Shakespeare competition, where I okay. I performed some verses from Shakespeare for the whole school to still to, got it. Still got it. Yeah. yeah let's hear it. Crack okay. me off a bit of Ready? that. Here we go. Yep. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day until the last syllable of recorded time. And all our yesterdays have lighted fools the way to dusty death. Out, out, brief candle, life is but a walking shadow, a poor player who struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Wow. Talk about hot and horny. Hot and horny. And that's what I did for the school in eighth grade, and I did pretty well. And then the other thing I did was just public speaking, where I like, I like created debate a Debate is speech, kind of public speaking. But I never went out for debate. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I had to do debate around this age, too. I was in junior high. I mm. took a debate class. Yeah. And we had to do debate. And I remember that the resolution was that the war in this is probably I'm gonna say ninety-eight. Okay. Ninety-nine. Okay. The war in Kosovo <laughs> okay. was justified. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and I had to take the negative. And you said no. That. And I remember Doing a lot of research and yeah. sort of framing my debate around the Vietnam War and being like, this is futile, all war is futile, this is needless, yeah. the U.S. Has, has zero reason to be intervening in this war. Mm-hmm. And then my the guy who took the positive debate on this, mm-hmm. keep in mind I'm 14. Yeah. I, I'm 36 now and I could not tell you what the war in Kosovo was about. Yeah. Was there even a war in Kosovo? Don't know. Mm-hmm. Where is Kosovo? Don't know. <laughs> yeah. But at 14, I was very well informed on it. And the, the guy who I was debating, I, I thought I had it lock, 
down. Yeah. The guy I was debating did a complete emotional appeal, just talked about respecting the troops, <laughs> and won the debate because of that. His entire argument was like, well, we got to respect the troops. <laughs> you were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, four, four minutes for a rebuttal try to keep your remarks to uh the idea that you obviously hold which is that we should not respect the troops okay go <laughs> <laughs> that's essentially how it happened <laughs> that's tough, I just man. like i just gave up i was like i don't <laughs> I think the one time I was involved in any kind of debate was in seventh grade when I was asked to uphold the position that Columbus uh, was good. Yeah. It was tough. around the time where the world was kind of discovering that that wasn't true. Yeah. And I like being in seventh grade, I was like, well, this is easy. I don't even need to study for this because everyone knows. 1492, Dude, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. They have a fucking day named after him. And everything is fine. And I yeah. just got totally just decimated. <laughs> It reminds me of the time I went to Australia for work, and they have a, a figure of legend in Australia akin to Captain our Cook. Columbus called Captain Cook. Yeah, yeah. And I was reading all about Captain Cook, and I was like, this seems this guy seems rad as hell. Mm-hmm. And I brought it up to the Australians. It's like, what tell me guy. more about this Captain Cook. Yeah. They're, like, no. They're like, we don't. They're like, we're not into Captain Cook. We're here. over him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, he was very unkind to native populations. And I was like, okay, got it. Well, we we, neither of us are debaters. Yeah. But um, we did read a book. Master, hey, hey, Jack. No. Master debater. So there were two. So Ellen. (laughs) Okay, I heard it. Out of the park home run. Ellen and Anne avoid that joke. But. They go instead for two jokes that I had never thought of and okay. don't know why they dwelled on them. The first is like early on in the book where Christy's describing debating terms and then like does a, a couple paragraphs on the fact that all the boys in the class like cannot fucking hold it back when they hear the term rebuttal because it has oh, yeah, butt in it's it. Got, it's got butt. And you know Ellen Miles is like, I think Ellen, that's just projection, because she's like, oh, man, I'm going to have to do a whole book about debate. <laughs> she's like researching debate. I don't know I'm going to say rebuttal without just, let's just talk about the elephant in the room. She's received the the message from the inky blackness, and she yeah. comes back and she's like, I guess I should do a little research on debate. And she's looking at a debate, and she sees that one of the core terms in debate is rebuttal, and she's just like, well... Okay. That's 12 pages. (laughs) And then the other thing she does is even weirder, and it has precedent in Babysitter's Club books. Um, I'll read you a passage, um, though it's worth filling in a little bit of plot here, which is that there's like a C plot, which is that this girl, Melissa, which means B. I'll just say it. Melissa means B. I'll say it. What do you mean it means B? The word Melissa comes from the Greek word Melissa, which means B. And there's a character in this book called Melissa Banks. Okay. B-Bank. B banks. And that's interesting to think about, isn't it? A bank full of bees. (laughs) Melissa is in this book, and she actually, we have met her before. You said we hadn't, but we have. She was in the book where um, I think Claudia goes on a field trip. She's always on field trips, and she shares a room with Melissa, and Melissa is annoying. Oh, yeah. So they do say kind of early on in the novel that Claudia maybe knows Melissa a little bit. Claudia knows of, her. None of the other girls. They do. like. Yeah. She's like super annoying. She's kind of annoying. This book. She's actually a really interesting character. She's very unsure of herself, and so she's 
in in the old days we used to call this pressed. She's like super pressed for Christy and Abby, and it's like constantly just like trying to be like them and say what they say oh, and yeah. agree with what they say. I saw I saw a lot of myself professionally in <laughs> Melissa. Yeah. This is something I do a lot in a professional environment where it's like just eager to please and like Yeah. Very wish washy will just go along with whatever opinion is being presented to me at the time. It'll, like they're co- constantly having conversations on the bus where where like Christy's like, "Oh, wh- what do you think about debate? Are you enjoying it?" And Melissa's like, "Oh, I think it's for nerds." And then Christy will be like, "Oh, I think it's cool." And Melissa will be like, "Oh, oh, yeah, no, what I meant is I think, I think it's, it's really cool." cool. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking have it. Fucking have some backbone. But um, so that's important. And Melissa also is this interesting character because she like meets up with her like. She has this like boyfriend and they're a super kissy face. Yeah, they do smooches together. But she's also an excellent debater and she wins a trophy. Anyway, that's all you need to know for this interesting passage where Ellen gets hung up on another funny word and I will read it to you. Excellent, said Lucas. Hey, I have an idea. For the next round, let's all try to put down slang words or rude words. They're playing Scrabble. That's how my friends and I play sometimes. (laughs) What do you mean? I asked. Like, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Melissa, gig- okay, all right. I didn't expect a laugh from you there. <laughs> Did not expect a laugh from you there. But <laughs> are you kidding me? I right, let it out. <laughs> but <laughs> you're to waste Jesus. Your wow. But <laughs> yeah, Melissa giggled. Ab- okay, just tell me when you're done because I'd love to continue reading the passage. Oh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to. I, this is got this is I'm t- I'm carrying I'm riding this high to the end of the night. Okay. What? <laughs> Let me just try try to fucking hold it together. Melissa giggled. Abby, believe it or not, blushed. But Lucas nodded. Or snot or fart. Words like that. <laughs> okay. Oh my, oh my god. <laughs> Okay. Did you say snot? I did. I Ellen did. <laughs> Fart. <laughs> Let it go. This is not why I'm reading the passage. Whoa. <laughs> Those are such naughty words. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a way you can play Scrabble. Wow. <laughs> okay. Can okay. I please continue? <laughs> if you say so, man. Now we were all giggling. And blushing a little, I looked down at my letters. How about this, I asked, putting down the word nerd. Okay. that's a f- Everyone cracked up. It was just kind of hurtful. So here's, you'll notice that you laughed at the funny words. Farts, not, but. <clears throat> right? Keeping me going again, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But you didn't laugh at the nerd word. This, like, I had, like, immediate deja vu. Okay. And I went in search of it because I was like, this is not the fucking first time that Anna Martin has tried to incept me with the clearly false notion that it's funny to say nerd in the same way that it's funny to say things like butt or fart. Okay. You think Anne has like a... She's got a thing. And I tracked down the passage. And it's you okay. want and you want to know where it's from? It's from the fucking first book from Christie's Great Idea. Okay. Can I read you this passage? Let's take a trip down memory lane. Re- you ready for this? Yeah. Christie's Great Idea. First fucking book. Oh, forget Janine, I said. 
Anyway, and so they're trying to figure out what the symbol should be for the babysitter's club. They end up, you know, and this is a spoiler, but they end up having like block baby letters to write out the word babysitter's club. That's the symbol they land on. Yeah, it's very, it's a very iconic. It's iconic. Imagery from the cover of every single one of the books. But in this book, if you can imagine it, they haven't figured that out yet. Oh, forget Janine, I said. Anyway, we're all going to think of the symbol. We're a club. We have to agree on things. Now, what could we use? Well, said Marianne, it could either be something that has to do with babysitters, like a child or a helping hand, or it could just be something we like, a rainbow or a shooting star or a frog. Fuck. Okay, and it's right there from the fucking right there beginning. The fucking huh? beginning. She fr- frogged us. She frogged us. She frogged us in the first fucking book. Wow. And we didn't fr- even know it yet. We're fucking infants learning <laughs> how to walk. And Marianne's wow. just laying down some brutal frog. <laughs> A frog, I burst out. I began to giggle. So did Claudia and Stacy. Marianne looked embarrassed. Then she began to laugh, too. How about a warthog, suggested Claudia. A nerd, said Stacy. We were all laughing so hard we could barely talk. That's... Does, does, does what the, is that? The, does nerd mean something differently to Anne than it, it, it means to us? Yes, sure, surely. Right? Nerds are cool now. Have you ever seen Hackers, Anne? (laughs) Have you ever seen West Wing? We're beige boxing. (laughs) We're freaking. Anne. Anne. Yeah, West Wing. What about... uh, We're filibustering. What's his name? The guy with the glasses. Yes. Or the the handsome one. Sam Seaborn. Yes. He's not a nerd. He's not a nerd. But the guy with the glasses is. Yeah. And that's the difference. Yeah. But so that's a thing, right? That's a thing. That's the second time. I don't know if Ellen's just copying Anne. She, she's like, I learned it from watching you. But yeah. it, she's like deploying nerd as a punchline in a you way happy, that sh- like doesn't fit or work. Guy with glasses. West uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Wing. No, 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 no. We, 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 we have to, we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. Everyone's seen the West Wing. What, what, think about what, what's going to happen for people. You're going to figure it out, and you're going to say this name, and people are going to be like, yeah, Toby Ziegler. <laughs> Not Toby Ziegler. It's, is it the guy from Sports Night? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So just write the guy from Sports Night, West Wing. Well, his name is, I know his real name, which is Josh Molina. Yeah. Okay. Will Bailey. Great, perfect. Nailed it. And that's that's about what I expected, is people are like, yep. <laughs> you know Listen, what? Okay. If it were up to me, mm. I would. I thought Josh Molina, Will Bailey, was such a charming character and such a good actor. Yeah, and I would just love to hear more from him about sort of like being a part of the West Wing. If he could, like, I don't know if he's interested in collaborating with us on like a, a sort of like a podcast environment where he yeah. is sort of telling us stories and we're interacting with him about the West Wing. That sounds so great. Wouldn't that be good? That'd be amazing. He'd be perfect for that. We could call it yeah. the West Wing Wing. The West Wing Wing. Yeah. It's the wing of the podcast where we talk about the West Wing. That's great. I, there's no way he'd do it. There's no way a TV actor would, would debase himself Okay, fine. going to the podcast medium. If he's not interested, we'll get our friend. Yeah. Oh, uh, fuck yeah. Mark Feuerstein. Mark Feuerstein. Our best friend Mark Feuerstein can do it. Yeah. That we'll get great. um we'll get Matthew Perry to do it. <laughs> okay, great. I'm sure he's available. We'll get Martin Sheen to do it. Perfect. Allison Janney. 
That's great. Um, Tanner, I would love to go. Uh, I would like that too, Jack, but I once again need to remind you yeah. of your duty. Yeah. My your solemn duty. promise to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Which is that we do, eh? <gasps> yeah, I don't know why I have to whisper anymore. I fucking live in a three-story mansion. I'm, I have, like, contact... suburban central Connecticut. Anxiety from the f- last time you woke up your child. Fuck this kid. He's a thousand <laughs> feet away from me. He's in the West Wing. <laughs> Why am I worried? Why do I have to worry about this? I don't know, man. But it's our burn. It's where we talk about the burns in the book. There are a couple good ones. Um, I've got two. I only have one, so maybe so I should start. Why don't you start? Yeah. It's the final debate. Okay. Thomas V. Stevenson. Yeah, it's it's pretty tense. And Christy and Abby end up getting... Uh, you can imagine. You know Christy. You know Abby. They they basically are not on speaking terms by the end of this novel because their teams are going up against each other. They do make it up eventually, but... Resolution. Cats make better pets than dogs. Yeah. During my opening argument, I heard myself slipping into a tone of voice that was not even-tempered or cool. I sounded defensive and angry, but I couldn't help myself... This debate was personal. It had become that way over the last few days, whether I'd meant it or not. Even though some people can't admit it, I found myself saying, as I glared at Abby, cats are smarter than dogs. In fact, cats are smarter than some people. (laughs) I gave Abby a meaningful glance. Good. Strong. Yeah. Christy's you, Abby. Yeah, she means you. Christy's saying cats are smarter than you. And I had a cat once, and he ate its own shit, so. <laughs> I got two cats. Not very smart. Do I they eat their cats. own poop? Uh, no. Okay. I think that was sort of a unique thing that Bull did. <laughs> Bless his heart. Um, yeah, good funny uh, good funny thing. And the, Ellen has a lot of fun with the fact that it turns out that Abby and Christy are both arguing opposite sides of what they actually feel. Yes, 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 and that that's another point of tension between the two of them. Abby is pro-cat because she's allergic to dogs. Christy is pro-dog because she has had many dogs. And her yeah. only real experience with cats is Boo Boo, who's like a piece of shit. <laughs> I so. bet Boo Boo is fucking fine if, if you take a second to get to know him on his terms. It dr- drives me wild that's the way the problem. they treat Boo And that's the problem, books. isn't it? On yeah. his terms. Exactly. We fucking domesticated these things. It's not on their terms. It's on our terms. It's how you learn. It's we have great, dominion over these beasts. It's a great way to learn how to be in the world. It's meeting someone where they live and seeing the world through their eyes and not just not, fucking like d- demanding slavish devotion. No. I didn't, I didn't spend millennia <laughs> training these things just for them to be dicks to me. I've only uh, ever had good cats. I love cats. Yeah, they're so love great. them. God, they're Jamie so and great. I talk. I would say once a week, Jamie and I look around our our lovely suburban Connecticut home and think, get a cat. We please. Could, let's get a cat. Please. And Miles loves cats. Please Jamie has a, a shirt from major, major media company that she wears as pajamas. And it's got the California flag, but instead of a bear, it's got a cat. And Miles oh. points at the cat every morning, and he says nothing because he's 
He's nonverbal. He points at it. That's beautiful. He points at it and he likes get it. Get a fucking cat, man. Get a cat. Oh, we should get a cat. <sighs> I Hercules is great. Yeah. My dog. Yeah. And I love him. And I and I'm gonna be so sad when he passes. Yeah, and I'm not gonna speak ill of the stupid. Yeah. But the strongest emotional attachments I've ever had to any animal it has been cats. Yeah. Oh my god. It's everything. Meg, bull, Jenkins. That's all the cats I've owned. Uh, well, I guess I ha- I I've interacted with Jenkins and I liked him a lot. Yeah. I love my cats more than anyone that I've ever met in my entire life. Anyone. Yeah. Something to think about. That's a great place to end it, except that I haven't said my burn yet. There's a guy in yeah, uh, Christie's debate team, along with David Hottenhorny, called Kai. He's actually the best debater and probably who carries them because he wins the best individual debater trophy after the— And he's, he, he coaches Christie through her—the the emotional moment that I just read. Yeah. The reason he wins best debater is because he coaches Christie through that moment, and he centers her and levels her. Yes, and, and he's says, amazing. Christy, focus on the facts. Yeah. Facts don't care about your feelings. Right. Focus on the family. Focus on the family, <laughs> which is another thing Ben Shapiro probably likes. <laughs> and yeah, get out there and do some fucking debating. Get out there and do some fucking work. And he, uh, yeah, because Abby and Christy are so emotional and angry with each other that they almost ruin the debate finals. Um, yep. And all, the other thing that almost ruins the debate finals is that a, um, uh elite hacksaw uh, called Crash Override d- does run through the um, uh, lobby of the hotel. I said in my description it is the Omni Shoreham Hotel. It doesn't specifically say that, but I remembered it because after we would go to raves in D.C. when I was in high school, we used yeah. to go and sleep in the lobby of the Omni Shoreham Hotel until they kicked us out at like four in the morning. That's cool. Right? God, that is cool. Yeah. I hate to admit it, but that is pretty cool <laughs> to say and a cool thing to have done. Yeah. Um, there's a guy called Kai. There's a hacksaw. He gets taken down by Mr. Hot and Horny. The debate goes pretty well. Anyway, the Papa burn Hot and Horny involves Kai, and it goes like this. Kai, David, and I did a three-way high-five. It was Saturday morning. We had just emerged from debate room one, where we'd won another round of the tournament. We really do make a good team, I said to them. Somehow we compliment one another. Sure, you have the big mouth, Kai has all the brains, and I supply the charm and charisma. How can we miss, David said. That's funny. Good. Because she's got a big mouth, and the other guy's got a big mouth. Yeah. Good, funny, hot, horny. Got a big mouth. Let me search it. Yeah. Lay your thing down, flip it, and reverse it. That is what Missy Elliott says. Yeah. What I would love to say now to you, Tanner, is that it's past time that we leave and also go. Okay. With your permission. Oh, wow. You're right. Yeah. Um, I would like to leave. I would like to go. Um, I would like to first thank you, Tanner, for bearing with me. Uh, You're welcome. I would like to thank the Baby Nation for bearing with us. You're welcome. I would like to remind everybody, please, to take a moment and go to our Patreon. It is at patreon.com slash podcast. We put a lot of time and effort into making that show. It's a whole other show where we talk about the Little Sister books, and it is a great way to support our work and keep us doing what we're doing. And we do sing the descriptions. Patreon.com slash podcast for just $5 a month. You get a whole other show, and it's good. Please also buy our merch. Bit.ly slash BSCC merch. Some other merch guy came sniffing around old <laughs> P- 
Papa Tanner and Papa Jack this <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of hot demand for to be our merch guys. So we must and be doing he something said, right. He tried to to sing his siren song to us, <laughs> didn't he, Jack? And he was like, Come do merch with us, boys. Yeah. But and right we now said, we don't. Night. Well, we didn't respond. We shan't. Both fairly unresponsive. I did respond to him. I don't think you saw it, but I did respond to him. Okay. And I said, we shan't, sir. Yeah. (laughs) We're happy with our merch providers, and our merch is great, and our fans love it, and they're going flocking to the merch site to buy it every day, and that's what you should do. Please do that. But I did respond to him and say, I've got another show, sir. Oh, Would I you see. like to do merch for that show? And it's called exp.share. It's a Pokemon podcast. You can find it's it everywhere. <laughs> it's called Experience Share. It's a Pokemon podcast. You can find it everywhere that you get podcasts. Uh, I'm told it's good. It's Tanner and another guy named Josh who's nice, and he's the evolved Pokemon version of me. So please do check it out. Please do subscribe. Please do rate. He's like you, but better in a lot of ways. He's well put together. Mm-hmm. Better looking. He's much better looking. Gay, which is cool and progressive in 2020. He's married to a famous podcaster. Married to a famous podcaster. Who are you married to? I'm married to Sarah, who is is immensely talented. And she is is a pretty well-known and popular ghostwriter. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. We're even there. Kind of an even draw in a lot of ways, huh? <laughs> Please do subscribe to Tanner's podcast. It kind of seems like the odd man out in this is me. <laughs> Actually, maybe you and Josh should have a podcast. Yeah, your wife is also a super talented writer, too. Yeah. Oof, man, there's what just like I this, do? like, there's just like one Nothing. sore standing out on the beautiful yeah. face that is uh, the rest of us. Um, what I would love to say is that uh, you must. Must absolutely must join our Facebook group. Go to our Facebook page, which is Babysitters Club Club, and join the group, which is called Baby Nation, and it's where all the action happens. And everyone in there is so nice and so good. And we have weekly threads where we talk about the episodes, and also lots of fun threads where everyone is nice and good and funny and interesting. So get in there. Um, please do rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. It helps us to remain relevant. I checked our rankings and we are still kind of hanging on as a top literature podcast which is what i decided that we were when we signed up for this great adventure about five years ago <laughs> well, that's um, true yeah yeah so please uh, except for the the video novels yeah help us I'm remain surprised they didn't kick us out <laughs> yeah please help us remain in the rankings so people can discover our show by giving us a nice rating and review um, I think all that remains for me to say is that this week we did read a novel, a radio novel that was called Babysitter's Club Friends Forever, number nine, Chrissy and the Kidnapper. Next week we're going to be reading a radio novel called Babysitter's Club Friends Forever, number 10, Stacy's Problem. So we're finally going to find out what Stacy's problem is. Yeah, finally. <laughs> I'll tell you, I got a lot of problems <laughs> yeah. with Stacy. Yeah, did you write this one, Tim? I can fill a fucking novel. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking forward to that. He has nothing on me. <laughs> um, finally, I would like to tell you that this week I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. Please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time. And do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Remember the Delaney's. Remember the trip man. Take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia is wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think the boys had just been invented. In 86, and in-
we went to, to go to a picnic in the park and uh, I was walking Cyril back to the car and these like girls, like kind of sorority girls from UT were getting out of their car as we were just passing them. And the girl was telling a story and she turned to her friend. She was like, and I was like, fuck you. And as she said that Cyril was walking past and he goes, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and they like, were all thanks. so embarrassed they were all so embarrassed i was laughing my ass off and they were like <laughs> thanks for teaching him that lady yeah that was a headgum podcast <laughs>